Dragon Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your kung fu may be good, but mine is better. When brothers vie for the assets of a wealthy estate, it's up to a young girl to protect them from falling into the wrong hands. But will she earn the respect she deserves, or will she have to fight for it? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, we show off a little girl power with my young auntie. Before I launch into the show, I want to alert my fans in the UK to an awesome event going on in your neck of the woods this month. A listener, Sue Cole, happens to be the co-founder of the first Fighting Spirit Film Festival, which showcases martial arts and action shorts and features. I have a feeling that the next generation of Kung Fu and martial arts cinema masters will be among this group of talented filmmakers, so be sure to attend and get a peek at what's in store for the genre. There will be a showcase for 12 short films and 3 features, and is scheduled to take place July 16, 2016 at the Cineworld Cinema in London. Visit the Facebook page or the Instagram Fighting Spirit Film Festival or the Twitter at FS Film Festival. I'll put those links in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. Best of luck to all the filmmakers. I'll be keeping an eye out for your work. My Young Auntie, a.k.a. Fangs of the Tigress, is a 1981 Shaw Brothers film directed by and starring Lau Kar Lung, Kara Hoi, Sho Hao, Wang Long Wei, and Gordon Liu in an appearance that's a role that you wouldn't even recognize him in. Now, for you new viewers, if you're looking for a Rock Your Socks Off Kung Fu film, Hang in there, because yes, there's plenty of that in this film. In fact, Asian Movie Pulse ranked one of these fight scenes as their number two fight scene of all time. However, there's also a hefty dose of comedy in this film, as well as nods to a musical stage production. Director Lau Kar Lung definitely departed from his usual dramatic actioner, but this film is so much fun, even with the campiness, that the laughs become a welcome break from the kung fu and vice versa. I mentioned on the Anchor app that I wondered if this movie could have been made today by anyone other than Stephen Chow of Kung Fu Hustle fame. If you watch carefully, you'll see some of the comedic cues that Pepper Chow's films in this movie. Kara Hoy, in only her second film, and at the tender age of 16, is dazzling in it, and it's no wonder that she won Best Actress at the very first Hong Kong Film Awards for her performance. The movie opens on a passenger boat making its way to shore. Kara Hoy is one of those passengers, and we cut immediately to a flashback scene to set up the whole story. In it, she's a young girl tending to her dying patriarch. An all-too-evil brother, played by legendary bad guy Wang Longwei, is scheming to wrangle his assets from him. The patriarch is not at all keen on that idea, which angers the brother. Kara Hoi's character, Ching Tainan, is tasked with finding his nephew, Yu Ching Chun, and handing over the will and deeds to him so his evil brother can't get his hands on it. However, to do this, Tainan must first be legally married to him so that his assets pass to her when he dies. We cut to the nephew, Yu Ching Chun, played by director Lau Kar Lung, as he's training in various styles of Kung Fu. Yu Ching Chun is an elderly man himself, with gray hair and astute posture, but despite that, apparently his Kung Fu skills are still sharp as attack. Lau Kar Lung is basically showing off how amazing his skills still are here, as he flashes through the styles with power and precision. He's reminded by his near-deaf servant, Asai, that his auntie, Kara Hoi's character, whom he's never met, is scheduled to arrive at the docks, and he has to go pick her up. At the docks, Ching Chun scans the passengers for what he presumes to be an older auntie, but finds himself alone on the dock with Kara Hoi instead. The two wrestle with the age disparity and eventually work out their identities when Tainan produces a jade pendant that served as a family heirloom. Convinced that he has the right person, Ching Chun and Tainan make their way to a rickshaw station for passage into town. A bunch of street punks eyeball the fetching Tainan with the elderly Ching Chun, 
helping her into the rickshaw and decide to verbally and physically harass the pair. Oh man, aren't you yeah. too old? Yeah, yeah, I'm too old. old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh man, she could be your granddaughter. <laughs> but the reserved and somewhat provincial Tainan is more than she seems. Fight scene. Without even standing up from the rickshaw, Tainan proceeds to put the smack down on the ruffians using only some simple hand strikes from the comfort of the rickshaw. She handily takes out the lead punk, much to the surprise of his cronies. When they charge in, they get much more than they bargained for as Tainan steps out of the rickshaw and elegantly and efficiently cracks skulls with a smug little smile on her face. Karahoy said that she never formally learned kung fu, having trained as a dancer instead, but she did learn lots of kung fu from her older siblings growing up. Her filming experience on this movie consisted of shooting a scene, then immediately training in the kung fu she was going to be using for the next scene. Interesting little side note of this particular scene though, Karahoy had just come off an appendectomy when she filmed this particular scene. She still had fresh stitches in her side and was warned to be very careful with her physicality lest she tear them open. She's a total pro because you'd never be able to tell that she was holding back at all. After taking out all the goons, they make their way back to the rickshaw and Ching Chun gets to surreptitiously show off his kung fu by quietly quelling further attacks without Tainan even noticing. At the house, Auntie and Nephew make a show of their adherence to the traditions of old as they pay their respects to their elders and ancestors. It's the deliberate focus by director La Carlong on just how traditional and old school this particular generation is. The pair catch up as Tainan explains the reason for her hasty visit. Do you know why I was in such a hurry to come here? To see you? Is there some trouble with my uncle's will? No. The will was not left to me. It is for you. Huh? Ching Chun is taken aback by the news and actually fights it, instead believing that his auntie should be the beneficiary instead of him, or at least his uncle's brother. Tainan explains that the evil brother may come after the assets anyway, especially because he was cut out of the will. Eventually, though with much persuasion, Ching Chun reluctantly agrees to accept his responsibility. We cut back to the scheming brother who's speaking with his equally conniving godson, who's lamenting the loss of Tainan. The worlds of the traditional kung fu movie and the more modern era are constantly being juxtaposed in this film, which plays into the generational gap story of the title. The evil brother is dressed in the traditional silks that kung fu fans are used to, while the godson is dressed in a suit and bow tie. The brother guesses the next steps of Tainan and sends some goons to go after her and steal the will and deeds to bring them back to him. Uh, why do you want it to come back here? That's because the will is in her name. I want her to sign it and transfer it to me. This way, your godfather can inherit all my brother's assets. And now we get a big old taste of the modern era as Shouhao makes his entrance. Shouhao, playing the son Yu Tao, has been studying in trendy Hong Kong and is a smug, self-satisfied know-it-all who is too cool for school. To his buddies, he's Charlie Yu. Now, if you watch the original Chinese language version of this movie, you'll hear that Charlie slips in and out of Chinese and mixes in lots of English to show just how cosmopolitan he is. This intro scene feels like it's lifted straight out of West Side Story as the group prance around like they could break out into a dance number any second. Shouhao himself is an incredible athlete, and if you didn't catch my podcast on Mad Monkey Kung Fu, go give that a listen when you can, and hear me gush about Shouhao's abilities. But trust me, they're not wasted in this movie either. Charlie's come home from school a day early and decides he's going to surprise his dad by busting in on his bedroom while he's sleeping. He rushes in and parts the curtains only to find Tainan in bed instead. Tainan decks him hard and sends him running out of the room and goes after him to find out just what's going on. She scolds the schoolboys but is met with gawks and lascivious stares even from Charlie himself. Tainan tries to get the full story but is met with mockery. This is again more evident in the original Chinese language track but Charlie mocks Tainan by speaking some of his lines in English to deliberately confuse her. 
He mocked her old-fashioned attitude and lack of more worldly knowledge. They eventually get to revealing their identities to one another, which Charlie doesn't believe at first due to her age. The schoolboys continue their jeering and accuse her of being Charlie's father's lover, which sets her off. She throws some kung fu at the boys, but Charlie isn't done pushing her buttons. Sorry, they're wrong. You shouldn't be Yu Cheng Chuan's lover. You should be his son's lover instead. Charlie tries to put a stop to the fighting by showing off some of his kung fu, which is matched with ease by Tainan. Impressed but not impressed, Charlie instead offers a challenge. Huh. This means we've got to fight to see who will win. What's that? I said we'll have to see who's better in fighting. I'm ready. All right. Fight scene. Charlie lays into Tainan and breaks out some interesting new moves that she's quite unfamiliar with. Show how is so much fun to watch, even though he camps it up pretty heavily in this scene. He uses an exaggerated boxing style that looks like Muhammad Ali on crack. Tainan counters with her traditional kung fu, and it's a spirited exchange, especially when they focus on the footwork that Karahoi is so adept at. Her flexibility is just ridiculous, with back kicks reaching way up over her shoulders, and Shouhao parlaying those kicks into high-flying antics. Their fight ranges across the ancestral memorial chamber, destroying tablets with Charlie taunting her the whole time. Tainan proves more than capable as they wreak havoc all over the grounds. Ching Chun arrives and breaks up the fight, and everyone gets caught up on just who is who exactly. Embarrassed for his son, Ching Chun tries to apologize, but Tainan insists on some traditional punishment by the book. Anyone within the Yu's family who destroys the Yu's ancestors' tablets must receive 15 beatings. Whoa! Where'd you get that law from? There's more. Whoever destroys the antiques of our ancestors gets 15 more. Oh, 15 and 50 makes 30. Uh. There's still more. Anyone who insults an elder shall kneel in front of that elder and bow nine times and get 20 beatings. Ever the fast talker, Charlie negotiates the beatings down 20% and proceeds to take a caning from his father. But unbeknownst to Tainan, Charlie has slipped some books into his pants and they're taking the brunt of the stick while Charlie acts up a storm. After taking his beatings and bowing in deference, Charlie feigns passing out due to the beating to keep digging at Tainan. In his room, he presses the issue and pretends to moan in pain loud enough for Tainan to overhear. Do you long for the good old Saturdays filled with morning cartoons and sugary cereal? How about the lazy days, just vegging in front of the telly all afternoon? Well, I do, and that's why Saturday Morning Pajamas was created. Tune in every Wednesday and Saturday for a good old dose of nostalgia, B-movies, and the latest cinematic hits. Check us out at www.nonoms.net. That's www.nonoms.net. The next day, we get a bit of slapstick thrown in as father and son try to rebuild the mess from the fight. While hanging paintings, Charlie catches a glimpse of Tainan trying on clothing. There's a classic miscommunication scene as Charlie is guiding his father's placement of a painting higher or lower on a wall. It just happens to coincide with the way Tainan's clothes are sitting on her body as Charlie plays Peeping Tom. Shohao makes a great Danny Kaye type when he contorts his face for comedic effect. Next up, we dump the old-fashioned traditional Tainan into the modern world as she heads into town to buy more fabric for clothes. Charlie reluctantly accompanies her and explains some of the more modern trappings that she's not accustomed to. A tow? What is that thing? A motor car. A what? An automobile. An automobile? What's an automobile? Look, this one uses manpower. That one uses an engine. An engine? I'll show you. Okay. Dazzled by the lights and city's energy, Tainan gets drawn to a dress and makeup shop where she gets mocked by some snobs for her dowdy fashion sense. What a, a bumpkin! What did you call me? We're talking about you! The way you're dressed! 
girls in Canton only wear chongsoms. Yeah. <laughs> what an ugly old skirt she's wearing. Will you look at her hairstyle? So out of date. Get away from us, you bumpkin. Yeah. Not one to take an insult lying down, Tainan purchases a flashy dress and gets her hair and makeup did. The revamped and vamped up Tainan steps out and draws plenty of oohs and ahs for her new look. One drawback, though, never having worn heels, she stumbles about clumsily but flashes a lot of leg when she tries to explain herself. In a somewhat uncomfortable display of misogyny, a group of businessmen who've been gawking at her gams steps up to offer to quote-unquote help her learn to walk in heels. They grab and paw at her, which, of course, sets Tainan off. Fight scene. Well, this isn't so much a fight scene as it is a rapey bunch of goons get smacked around scene. Several guys accost her, but she puts them down with ease, striking and high-kicking her way through the rabble. Her kicks flash quite a bit of leg, and Tainan struggles to maintain decorum while having to hand out a beatdown. Charlie stumbles on the scene and joins in on egging her on until he recognizes who she is. The rabble turn on him, too, and Shouhao now gets to display some of his ability. He's smug and overconfident as he shows off for Tainan. She, of course, responds in kind, and they take turns beating on goons in a battle of one-upmanship. In the crowd, there's the godson of the evil brother, who's been busy watching their every move. As he gets up to confront them, the police arrive to break up the fight. Tainan and Charlie pretend to be a couple and slip away from the scene. Back at home, Ching Chun lays into Charlie for allowing his auntie to get all dolled up and then roughed up. Charlie argues that he defended her, but Ching Chun doesn't want to hear it. Otto, you're the younger generation. If you go out with an elder, you should take care of her. Look, look what you've done. Your late granduncle won't forgive you. Daddy. Listen, I'm telling you, if you go on like this, I won't let you go to Hong Kong. We cut to a clearly pissed off Charlie as he's gathered with some of his friends to vent about how he's being treated by his father with his auntie in the house. He's built a dummy of his granddad, which he scolds and dresses down for ruining his life. He proceeds to beat on the dummy in an aggro vent when along comes two friends who try to help him snap out of his rage. We're now introduced to James, played by Gordon Liu, who is some kind of rockabilly guitarist sporting a porn stash and sideburn pompadour. It's a big departure from his signature monk look. He and his friend Robert calm Charlie down enough to figure out their next move. James invites Charlie to a masquerade party and suggests that they invite his grand-aunt with a cruel ulterior motive. Ask your young grand-aunt. She can come too. My grand-aunt? She's a country girl. She doesn't know how to dance. So much the better. She always calls you trouble. You bet. Right. Just leave it to me. It's a masquerade party. We'll really embarrass her. In one of the silly semi-musical interludes, the group of friends stages a pre-party outside Tainan's room. Complete with dancing, guitars, and choreographed bits, the charade draws Tainan out where there's another generational clash when she can't understand this newfangled rhythm and blues. The guys use some reverse psychology and taunt Tainan into accepting an invite to the masquerade ball. Don't you call her an old dame? She's coming to our party. Atel, I'd better... I, I knew you wouldn't come. You bet I'll be there. The bait, it would seem, has been taken. It's a trap! Back in town, word has gotten to the godson that Tainan will be attending the party. They quickly formulate a new plan that involves them getting to the ball in time. At the masquerade ball, Charlie shows up as Robin Hood while Tainan looks like a southern belle. Charlie tosses Tainan to Gordon Liu, who's sporting a curly blonde perm. He begins to whirl her around the dance floor despite her inability to keep up. She's passed from conspirator to conspirator, each taking turns to try and embarrass her on the dance floor. You have to wonder what was going through Karahoy's head, a trained dancer, as she was trying to affect incompetence. There's a great shot of Show How as he tangos with Tainan, and he dead stares right into the camera, and the face he makes is just hilarious. I'll post a screen cap on Twitter. Overall, this is just a fun, totally can't be seen with all the players making the most of it. Back to the story, though. As the party rolls on, the godson and his crew walk in and set their plan in motion. 
Meanwhile, on the floor, more conspirators continue tweaking Tainan. Three musketeers and Don Juan step up to dance with her, complete with swords. A flustered Tainan refuses when another set of sword-wielding musketeers plus Romeo steps in from the opposite side. Except these musketeers are working for the Crooked Godson. They pressure her into dancing and the wild sword strokes rip at her dress. Charlie steps in to tell them to calm down when the plan gets going. Romeo cocks back and lets a hard punch fly into Tainan's gut. And the gloves are off. Fight scene. Armed with foils and swords, the Godson's cohorts attack Charlie and Tainan. Charlie's buddies step up to protect them and the brawl is on. It's a whirlwind of a melee with traditional sword fighting in the place of Kung Fu. The crooks gain the upper hand quickly, but Tainan is dead set against letting that get too far out of hand. As part of her dance training, Karahoy worked extensively with swords and she makes it look like child's play here. But before the props department can get her her weapon, she goes barehanded against Romeo, who cuts through the air with his foil with lethal speed. Tainan avoids his cuts easily, but when someone throws her the Chinese sword, it's a different battle altogether. Karahoy's sword play is just mesmerizing, especially to the crowd at the party. Oh, lady power! Real deadly! Charlie gets in on the action when he reaches into his scabbard and pulls out a short, stubby little dagger. But with supreme confidence, he goes at it with Romeo and holds off the foil easily. The rest of the scene is played for laughs with all of the swordplay chaos going on. Watch for the pelvic thrust style of avoiding swords and enjoy Gordon Liu doing nothing at all Gordon Liu-esque as he flops around with his sword and blonde wig. Tainan provides the highlights of the battle with her amazing swordsmanship, but again, the police interrupt and break up all the shenanigans. We get introduced to the chief inspector and his assistant, and there's a play for laughs here with the height difference of the short stubby inspector and his tall lanky assistant. They're acting on information that Tainan and Charlie are running opium through these parties and place them under arrest. Back home, Ching Chun learns of the arrest and heads to the station to find out what happened. Through a combination of fast talking and bumbling cops, Tainan and Charlie are released to Ching Chun. When the trio arrive home, they find the servant Asai bound and gagged atop a rickety ladder. When he's freed, he tells Ching Chun that the title and deeds have been stolen. Faced with few realistic options to retrieve the assets, they resort to the only plan they have left. Then we'll go and get the deeds back! Right, that's our only plan. The Ustari Cycle by Jeff Summers, author of the Avery Kate series, has been called intricate with ink-black humor by RT Book Reviews, and heartbreaking, and soaked in blood and steeped in deadly power and desperation by Publishers Weekly. When blood fuels magic, there are mages, there are bleeders, and there are no good people. Learn the words, get the blood, and rule the world. Available everywhere from gallery books. Check out wearenotgoodpeople.com. <laughs> Hi, I'm Thomas Hall, and this is The Hit List. Five kung fu movies you need to see. First up, we have The Sorcerer and the White Snake, starring Jet Li. It's the story of a man who falls in love with a thousand-year-old white snake demon and how his life is forever changed by uh, getting involved with the spirit world that he really shouldn't be. And it's got incredible uh, special effects. It's got crazy kung fu, lots and lots of wire work, Think people flying all over the place. Uh, yet it's still a very fun and sweet love story. So you really have to check it out. And it's uh, one of the more modern ones. So you get to really see what they can do with today's technology and kung fu. Next up is the Shaw Brothers movie, The Battle Wizard. 
It stars Danny Lee, who you may know from John Woo's movie The Killer, and it's about a brother and sister who have to fight against warriors and snake pythons and giant dragons and a woman who has to make the choice between marrying or killing the first person to see their face. Um, it's really wild and based on the novel Demigods and Semi-Devils, and you really need to check it out because it's even among the more crazy Shaw Brothers movies, it's one of the more whacked out ones, and you really need to see it. Next up, we actually have two movies that I would call one. They are The Bastard Swordsman and The Return of the Bastard Swordsman by the Shaw Brothers. It's a two movie set where there's a guy who has to fight against the silkworm skill, which is part kung fu and part crazy spiritual mumbo jumbo for lack of a better term and it has to do with a guy who actually has to die and become resurrected before he can master the very special way of to attack this specific skill it's really crazy the effects are out of this world the wire work is out of this world everything about it is just amped up and when you go from the first movie to the second movie it gets even crazier because they expected you to watch them within a reasonable amount of time I guess or they may, made you want to come back and see part two so that you could kind of find out the ending to this insane plot do yourself a favor and watch both movies together because you'll really get the full effect of the entire thing. Finally, we have Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons from Stephen Chow, who's the director of Kung Fu Hustle. It's a story that was based on a classic uh, tale from J China, and it's got all kinds of crazy demons and uh, people turning into animals and a monkey god and more stuff in it than you can possibly imagine. Along with it, ha it has a lot of Stephen Chow's homages to American cinema and cartoons and there's an opening sequence where I can't tell you what it is but as soon as you realize what movie they're knocking off you'll know almost exactly what's going to happen because they do it so perfectly that you'll just you'll just be like I can't believe he's doing this and it works for that movie such a crazy film and in my estimation it could be Stephen Chow's best movie to date. There you have it. That was the hit list for this week. Five kung fu movies you need to see. Tune in next week for five more absolutely essential kung fu films. Before they can embark on their quest, they set out to recruit some family members to bolster their numbers. With a grand acquisition of four elderly uncles, the troop starts strategizing on how they're going to get the stolen deeds back. Their plan requires cunning, stealth, and of course kung fu. Save for Ching Chun, the other elders are all well out of practice so Tainan takes it upon herself to train them up. What we get next is a cute little training sequence that toys with all the conventions of training sequences in other kung fu films. The elderly uncles all struggle to keep up 
while running through the grueling workouts. However, they do show flashes of their now rusty skills, particularly in one workout where the old guard all hop into an impressive balancing act supported by just one man. He holds it for as long as he can before comedically falling over. We do get a bit of character development here during one sequence when Tainan and Charlie incredibly flip through the air and simultaneously land in place to help one of the uncles who's fallen. As they land and grab at the uncle, their hands touch and linger for a long moment before Charlie pulls away embarrassed. Later that evening, both Charlie and Tainan independently decide that they need to go and try to get the deeds back themselves. Grandad, Dad and the others, they're all too old. I'm worried that they can't stand up to your training. Besides, I've caused all this. I should go and steal the deeds back. That's what I had in mind. They decide that they're going to work together and head out for the U Mansion. The nighttime track is played with tongue firmly planted in cheek as Tainan's every movement is exaggerated, though she plays it as straight as an arrow. The grounds are booby-trapped and it takes a concerted effort by both of them to survive the journey. Hey, we're in a rough spot. We've got to work together. But the traps outside the mansion are just the beginning. Fight scene. Once inside the mansion, the pair get ambushed by a small garrison of guards brandishing spears and swords. At the head of the ambush sits the evil godson. Charlie gets heated by the brash godson and begins taking out guards as Tainan handles her business as well. Charlie has something to prove to Tainan as he tries to show how adept his own kung fu is against hers. The guards serve simply as cannon fodder for the skilled duo. Shouhao is a whirlwind in this fight, especially when he gets to the godson himself. There's an amazing chair fight with the two combatants doing battle while seated. Meanwhile, Karahoi is as elegant and lethal as usual. For someone who's never formally trained in kung fu, she certainly owns the part. The dynamic between the two has become very sexually charged now, as they compare their fighting ability to one another as they're cutting through these guards. At one point, they stop the fight that they're clearly winning, and try to give the thugs a reason to back out. That's when the higher-ups decide to step in. Wang Long Wei, as the evil godfather, steps in to sort this mess out, in typically diabolical fashion. Monologuing like a true dastardly bad guy, he lays out why his claim to the assets is the most valid. These assets are mine. <laughs> You're really tricky. You've stolen my will, and yet you still want me to sign it over to you. I knew you wouldn't sign it. <laughs> Forcer. Fight scene. Two personal guards engage Tainan and Charlie right there in front of the Godfather. Tainan squares off against the swordsman, while Charlie tackles a muscle-bound kicking specialist who can take quite a beating without flinching. Charlie manages to flip and spin his way around any trouble, but when he manages to get in close enough to stab at him with his knife, he learns that the Enforcer seems to have some level of invulnerability because the knife blade doesn't penetrate. Instead, the thug pulls Charlie closer, bending the knife against his abs. Meanwhile, Karahoy and her foe flash steel in a brilliant exchange without either one giving the other much room for mistake. The pair meet up in the middle of the room and exchange enemies for a bit. When Tainan can't make a dent either, Charlie yells out a weak spot he thinks he noticed during their skirmish, but Tainan can't exploit it before Wang Long Wei steps in and manages to get Tainan surrounded. Again refusing his order to sign the deeds over to him, she orders Charlie to leave, which the Godfather supports. Charlie agrees, and in a knowing nod, says that he'll definitely bring all his uncles over. The next day, Charlie returns home to find that the uncles are already up and waiting for him, knowing full well that they would need to be summoned for help. The unlikely band of brothers make their way back to the U Mansion for the start of what is to be an epic kung fu battle of epic epicness. Fight scene. There are far too many players and far too many sequences to try and cover in this podcast. Suffice it to say that the training seems to have done the uncles good as the five of them manage to fend off about 30 soldiers. Each of the uncles is able to handle multiple attackers with weaponry and straight up kung fu. Be on the lookout for chicken herding style amidst all of the other madness in this scene. 
While the uncles keep the outside guards occupied, Ching Chun and Charlie make their way inside where they face off against the personal guards again. Ching Chun has some better luck against the muscle-bound guy as he begins to break down his invulnerability. Charlie handles the swordsman well until they switch opponents, and Charlie manages to break down the invulnerability a little bit more. Father and son go on a rampage now, and the fight camera switches from one to the other rapidly to show how similar and yet different they are. Both Lao Kar Lung and Shou Hao are unbelievably fast, and it's breathtaking to watch them work. Every day, whether you realize it or not, you're moved by the power of visual communication. And that's by design. At Tinbox Marketing Solutions, the goal of that design is to bring effective communication to a myriad of people through shape, color, texture, and sound. Tinbox is a creative services group located in Los Angeles, California, by way of New York City. Their clients include La Tigre, Konami, Pony Footwear, and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. For the bleeding edge in graphic design and print services, don't think outside the box. There is no box. TinBoxSolutions.com Meanwhile, the uncles join the fray just as Charlie seems to have broken through the invulnerability of his opponent. This allows the duo to move to the next stage of this fight as they move on to the boss level to face off against the godfather himself. Father and son go up against Godfather and Godson with lots of mocking and name-calling thrown in for good measure. Charlie baits the Godfather into a one-on-one, -on -one, and Wang Lung Wei, who has been the heavy in the last three movies I've done on this show, goes at it with his usual flair and power. He and Charlie throw down with ferocity and intensity while Ching Chun and the Godson do battle behind them. Quite unfairly, mind you, a tied-up Tainan who has driven the action in this film so far can only watch while the men go at it. The elders take turns going after the other's juniors, which ramps up the blood battle. When Ching Chun gets the godson in a compromising position, the godfather calls for a one-on-one, -on -one, elder versus elder, for control of the assets. Final fight! Lao Long and Wang Long Wei take the gloves off and put on an unbelievable display of kung fu. Their strikes and kicks are punctuated with some great mugging by the actors. Ching Chun goes through all the styles that he showed during the intro credits. He flows easily from one style to the next, but is countered by an equally adept godfather who also uses pure power to his advantage. The speed of this fight is blinding. At one point, Ching Chun tears away at the Godfather's arm, rendering it useless. To keep the fight even, Ching Chun tucks his one arm into his belt and they continue on. It doesn't last long though, as Ching Chun manages to use a combination of kicks and inside moves to duck under and break the Godfather's remaining arm. Defeated, Tainan is untied, at which point she quickly roughs up the guys detaining her. The other elder uncles bust through as well, as there's a shower of roughed up and beaten foot soldiers that falls around the motley crew. There's a really campy comedic wrap-up that'll let you discover for yourselves, but that last 20 minutes of fighting is really a white knuckler that deserves multiple viewings. Okay, so if you want a movie that's a fight scene every 10 minutes from beginning to end, this is not the movie for you. However, this is a fun romp if you can get past the deliberately hokey staging. It's lighthearted comedy that is capped off with a ridiculous fight scene that definitely feeds that aggro kung fu appetite, so it's well worth the wait. The film is available on iTunes and YouTube and is absolutely recommended viewing. Okay, Poison Clan, that's it for this episode. Sorry this is a day late, but the Independence Day holiday here in the U.S. threw things off, so I had to shuffle things around. But now I'm caught up, so I have to shout out the Steel Empire podcast, who do a fantastic show where the whole family goes on a Dungeons & Dragons adventure and act out all the parts along their quest. 
Give it a listen because they sound like they're having a blast and it's fun to accompany them on their journey. These guys also introduced a new fan to the show, James Northheimer, a jiu-jitsu instructor in Northern California, who gave the show a listen and introduced the Five Venoms catchphrase to his class. The kids apparently took a liking to it and have made it their class motto. So to the students of Gracie Academy 209, Poison plan rocks the world. Meanwhile, if you enjoy the show, drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram at Kung Fu Drive-In, the Facebook page Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, or via email kungfudrivein at gmail.com. But the best thing you can do is to rate and review the show on iTunes because that helps keep the show's momentum going. I really do appreciate every rating and review that I get. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time we swap We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time we swap We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted monk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yeah, the little this soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to graze jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster The child a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow as a ride Chang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain Gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword And our sword Will travel until His body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin And Mantis style Yeah defeat the enemy And watch him run for miles Blood will spill Now on the mountain tops When we bring back The soul of the legendary Pops What was it Tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she isn't the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed the fist of legend that the car jet leaves. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, to smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm.